One of the most important prophecies in the Old Testament regarding Jesus being the Messiah was actually given to King David, and that's what we're going to check out today. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. I am William Dyer, and this is Dyer Conversations. So today's podcast, we're looking at a prophecy that was given to King David, 2 Samuel chapter 7. Now, if you're a person who highlights in your Bible, underlines, writes notes, or anything like that, I encourage you, you got to mark this verse. This is one of those verses, like I was talking about earlier when we were in Genesis chapter 12, uh, when God called Abraham, or Genesis 49, when um, you get the prophecy about Judah, you know, this this tribe of Judah is now going to be the one who the king is coming through. These are such important passages because they are pivot points in the Old Testament story. And that's what we're going to get here in 2 Samuel chapter 7. So to set this up a little bit, in case you're not too familiar uh, with the history and the timeline of what's going on here, when the nation of Israel um, came out of Egypt, they had Moses, you know, lead them through the wilderness. God gave Moses a law. You have Joshua taking them into the land to conquer uh, the land of Canaan. And the people... Um, you know, after the days of Joshua, they come to Samuel the prophet, and they say, hey, look, we want a king so we can be like the other nations. And Samuel laments, I, you know, I can't believe you guys are rejecting God, and God tells him it's okay. I want you to go choose this guy, Saul. So he chooses Saul. Saul is a train wreck, uh, has all sorts of problems. You can read about that story in First uh, Samuel. And then God rejects Saul because of his sin, and he actually tells Samuel, okay, I'm looking for a man after my own heart. And he leads Samuel to the family of Jesse and leads him to the son of Jesse named David. Now, David is, um, you know, this this great king in Israel. He had his failures. He had his moral problems. But overall, the Bible portrays David as this fantastic king, the one who unified the nation of Israel and all the tribes and really built the kingdom of of Israel. So in 2 Samuel chapter 7, we get this point where it's David looking at God and going, hey, you know, you're dwelling in a tent, and I have this, you know, big house. Um, I want to build you a house. And God responds to David. And in this response, we get a prophecy about the Messiah. So let's take a look at it. 2 Samuel chapter 7, verses 9 and following. Verse 9 says, I have been with you this is God speaking. I've been with you wherever you have gone and have cut off all your enemies from before you. And I will make you a great name like the names of the great men who are on the earth. Now, as we go through this prophecy, there's so many corollary verses here that go back to Abraham, that go back to things that God said to Moses, uh, things that Joshua did in conquering the land. I'm not going to talk about all them. What I will do is, if you're watching this on YouTube, I'll put them on the screen, and I'll also put them in the description below. So if you're listening to this on like Apple Podcasts or something like that, you could check out these verses, um, and I'll link them up with with each part of Second Samuel chapter seven, so you know where we're going here. But just so you know, this first part goes right back to Abraham, Genesis chapter twelve. He told God told Abraham, "I'm going to make you a, a great name," and so here, God is looking to David as a descendant of Abraham and telling him. You want to build me a house? Let me explain something to you. Through you, I'm going to make you have a great name. So let's see how this prophecy continues. Verse 11, he says, 
even from that day that I commanded judges to be over my people Israel, and I will give you rest from all your enemies. The Lord also declares to you that the Lord will make a house for you. So, again, David's looking to God and saying, I want to build you a house because you're living in this, this tent, this tabernacle. And God says, no, 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 I'm going to build you a house. So what is this house that God is going to build uh, through David? Well, verses 12 and following tell us. Verse 12, he says, When your days are complete and you lie down with your fathers, a.k.a. you die, I will raise up your descendants after you, who will come forth from you, and I will establish his kingdom. Verse 13, he shall build a house for my name, and I will establish the throne of his kingdom forever. Okay, so a little spoiler alert here, right? Jesus, the Messiah, was the son of David. He came literally through the physical line of David. And we're going to get to um, some New Testament um, application of this verse in a little bit. But just so you can see what he's talking about here, God tells David, through you and your descendants, you know, I'm going to establish this throne, and it's going to be an everlasting throne. It's not going to be a dynasty that ends. I mean, think about you just had Saul, and his kingdom ended because God took the kingdom from him because of his sins, and he passed it on and gave it to David. Now he's telling David, this is never going to happen to you. I'm never going to take the kingdom from you and your descendants. This kingdom is going to be forever. So keep that in the back of your mind as we we build this up to how Jesus is this king through the line of David and what it means for him to have an everlasting kingdom. Verse, verse uh, 14 through 16 says this, I will be a father to him, and he will be a son to me. When he commits iniquity, I will correct him with the rod of men and the strokes of the sons of men, but my loving kindness shall not depart from him. As I took it away from Saul, whom I removed from before you, your house and your kingdom will endure before me forever, and your throne shall be established forever. And so this big pivot point here is, this is what we learn. Number one, the Messiah is now coming through uh, David's very flesh. So all of the, the history in the Old Testament is going to continue to focus on the kings of David because, again, this is all progressing towards this big messianic figure who's coming to be God's king. David is going to be, um, David and his sons are going to be heir of this kingdom, and that this son through David is actually going to be God's son because he, he tells us here in 2 Samuel chapter 7, he goes, I will be a father to him and he will be a son to me. He tells us that he's going to have a kingdom, he's going to rule, and he's going to reign, and it'll be an everlasting one, and that surely this is going to come in the future. Now, when you start off the New Testament and you turn to the first gospel, the gospel of Matthew, chapter 1, verse 1, you get this long genealogy, and most people, when they begin to read the New Testament, get bogged down in that, skip over it, have no idea why Matthew put that in there, bored out of their minds, whatever. But those genealogies are extremely, extremely important, and here's why. Matthew chapter 1, verse 1 starts off like this. The record of the genealogy of Jesus, the Messiah, the son of David, the son of Abraham. So these major promises, the one given to Abraham and now this one given to David, 
This is why Matthew starts his gospel off this way, is because he's saying Jesus is the one who's come from Abraham, and he's come from the line of David. He has come, and he's going to have the fulfilled promises that was given to these great men of faith in the Old Testament. And so that's why Matthew traces the genealogy of David or of Jesus right off the bat in his gospel. And then he continues in his gospel and says, look, Jesus fulfilled this prophecy. Jesus fulfilled that prophecy. And he is the king who we have been waiting for. All right, now let's get back to the concept of 2 Samuel chapter 7. So we get the prophecy in 2 Samuel 7. You may be looking at that going, I don't know, Billy. It's not really much of a prophecy. Yeah, but here's the deal. When you go to the New Testament, it's always important. Look at how the New Testament applies the Old Testament. Look how the New Testament authors and the apostles and you know these people who wrote the New Testament, look at how they pick certain verses in the Old Testament and apply them to Jesus or to their situation, and it'll help you to interpret what the prophecy was all about. So I'm going to give you two main verses here in the book of Acts. And the first one is Acts chapter 2. This is the first gospel message. So Jesus dies. He rises from the dead. Um, he meets with his apostles. He tells them, go to Jerusalem and wait. You know, uh, the Holy Spirit's going to come upon you. You're going to have power, all this stuff. So you can read about that in Acts chapter 2. So you get to this point in Acts chapter 2. Uh, this big event happens. All these Jews are gathering around. What's going on? The apostles stand up. They begin to preach to the people. Listen, this is what's going on. It is a fulfillment of the promises in the Old Testament that all these um, things that we were looking forward to as a nation of Israel, they have now come true in Jesus. And one of these things that Peter is pointing out um, is extremely interesting. So he says, in, in, this is Acts chapter 2, verse 30 through 31. And he, he's talking about David. He says, and so because he, David, was a prophet and knew that God had sworn to him with an oath to seat one of his descendants on his throne. Okay, stop. Where did God promise that? Second Samuel chapter 7. Peter says, because David knew this, he looked ahead and spoke of the resurrection of the Christ. And then he quotes another Old Testament verse, that he was neither abandoned to Hades nor did his flesh suffer decay. Now you can look at the whole context there in Acts chapter 2 for yourself, but this is what's interesting, is that Peter says, look, you remember back in 2 Samuel 7 when God promised to sit one of David's ascendants on his throne? David was looking forward to the resurrection of Jesus. Now, does that mean that David completely understood everything that we now have revealed to us. No, 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 that's not what we're talking about. But what Peter is pointing out to us is that the original intention of God was that this concept of the descendant of David sitting on his throne forever would be fulfilled in the resurrection of Jesus. When you continue in uh, the book of Acts, Acts chapter 13, now you have an instance where Paul, the apostle Paul, is preaching to a group of people, and he's trying to prove to them that Jesus rose from the dead, and it's according to the Old Testament. Uh, there was prophecies about it, and he says this, but God raised him from the dead, and as for the fact that he raised him from the dead, no longer to return to decay, he has spoken in this way, quote, I will give you the holy and sure blessings of David. Now, that quote right there that 
that Paul gives is actually from Isaiah, but that Isaiah passage is actually referencing back to the second Samuel passage. And the reason why we know this is because he uses the phrase, the sure blessings of David, or maybe some of your translations may say the, um, the sure mercies of David. What were the sure mercies of David? Well, if you look at the context of the Isaiah passage, and you look at the context again of 2 Samuel 7, you see that what the reason why it's called the sure blessings or the sure mercies is because it's in contrast to what happened to Saul, that God gave Saul the kingdom and that he was, you know, just a wreck and had all this, these sin problems and had this pride and God took the kingdom from him and then gave it to David. And when he gave it to David, he said, I will never take this from you like I took it from Saul. I will never do that. You and your descendants will always have the kingdom. You will always be the rulers that are on the throne in this kingdom. That's why it's the sure blessings of David. So what Paul says is, as for the fact that God raised Jesus from the dead, look back to what God told David in 2 Samuel 7, that you will always have a descendant on your throne. He's saying the same thing that Peter said in Acts chapter 2 that the resurrection of Jesus is the thing that fulfills this promise of God to David, that one of his descendants will sit on the throne forever. Okay, thanks for joining me on another podcast episode. Again, this is a series that we are doing about the Messianic prophecies in the Old Testament, so make sure you check out those earlier episodes and click subscribe so you will continue uh, to follow along as we finish out this series. 